This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. Hey, hey, hey. Justin Davis. Scoop. And Nick Lamone joins us once again. How's it going? It's going great, Nick. We've got a great show for you this week. <laughs> uh, lots to talk about coming out of the Game Awards last night. We'll be talking about, we'll be running down the 10 best reveals from the evening. Also want to um, talk about Callisto Protocol, a game that I've been playing. Anyone else, anyone else playing Callisto, Nick? I am not. I, I haven't had a chance to jump in yet. Okay, Sam, you have started it. Yeah, Damon. I was talking to Damon. And Damon's like, you won't like it, so I started it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so then, but first, let's begin with Callisto Protocol. Uh, I pulled an Amini, and I, I made a lot of notes while I was playing through uh-huh. this game. Ooh. I think I'm. I'm <clears throat> I think I'm on the back half of the game. Uh, it's short. Not spoiling anything. Well, it's supposed to be like an eight to ten hour game anyway, and I've. Definitely have been playing it for five or six hours, so I should be well into it. I like it enough to keep playing and finishing it and finish it, especially since it's not particularly long. But I am a little disappointed in it. It feels like it's missing some key components of the the best um, survival horror games in recent years. Mm. It's like not on the same level as I don't think the first Dead Space or even like Resident Evil uh, Seven Village. Um, I don't, but before I get into my details sam what was your first impression well i think you pointed out you were like hey you're not going to like the combat you said something like to that effect about the combat and i had i had watched the review and i was like thinking about it. I, I didn't really remember until I, I now i'm like whatever an hour and some in that it's like so much of it is about in the beginning of the game because i know this changes is is about like close range dodging combat and it uses a stick to do that and um I just don't think games need to innovate that way right now. Like I, I, I play a lot of video games that look just like this, and I just don't need new controls at this point. Um, but like that's how I felt when I first played Assassin's Creed with like shoulder attacks. I'm like, why are we doing this? The face buttons are fine. So like I understand that innovation still needs to happen, and sometimes we'll get used to it. But yeah, immediately I was like, wow, everything in my face. I'm not dodging the right way, and there's no like time slowing down. So I just feel like I'm 50 percent of the time I don't dodge right now. That said, I'm going to play as much as I can on, I'm not playing on like hard or anything. So like, hopefully I'll just be able to get through this part and then I get the Kinesis powers. And again, from our review, that looks really fun. Yeah, the Kinesis, although I don't think you get to use it as much as you might like. It's really only valuable if there's like a, a set piece there that you can throw an enemy yeah, into. like an environmental those, hazard, yeah. right? And those aren't always available. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you just pick them up and throw them, it doesn't do anything to them. Yeah, the game has a good like horror setup where it's like 
you know, it's like a false imprisonment theme. And it's like, it's stupid, but it's like scary. It's like, I hate, I hate, I just, I really like connect to that. Like these people are throwing me in jail just for no reason. Mm -hmm. Like it feel, feels scary. It's, I like that part of it. I've always liked horror that's yeah. based on that. Except that we don't know anything about this character we're playing as. It, no, it, I have no sympathy just, for the character. It's just, just that I'm piloting, on him. You're piloting this cargo ship. You crash on this moon. You get put into prison. And your then best buddy really likes lighters. Yeah, immediately when you wake up in your cell, everything has happened. The, 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 the calamity has happened and the biophage is there. So you don't know who you are, what you have to lose, who you care about. You just have to get out of the prison. Yeah, like he also this, doesn't appear some... in the uh, he doesn't appear in the audio drama either, which is a thing that I was expecting. That's the thing I did listen to. Oh, all that's of the audio that's why drama. you you'd think you'd get the background in that, right? Which is something that yeah, IGN yeah. debuted, right? Right. Yeah, we debuted it, but it, all it does is kind of give more background set dressing for like the world of Callisto. You know why people are colonizing different parts of the space and uh, who the United Jupiter Company is, and uh, a lot of that sort of detail, along with hey. Things aren't quite what they seem on Black Iron Prison, are they? I don't. Yeah. I feel like they need to be supervised a little that, bit up there. Yeah, you don't need a whole moon for a prison, right? Something <laughs> yeah. else must be going on if you're like, let's put a prison on a moon. We've all seen uh, Andor now, right? Like you can do a prison just on in the middle of an ocean, and it's yep. just as effective. Yeah, Turns out Andor. it's not just as effective, I suppose, but it's <laughs> it's effective to you know maybe I'm, a critical failure. I'm curious about Callisto and like I'm kind of waiting a little bit for the for the uh, rough edges because I'm I'm hoping to play it on PC and I know mm -hmm. it's a victim to the uh, Unreal Engine 4 stutter uh, dilemma so I'm kind of waiting for that to get patched out which I think it might be now but I mm -hmm. am curious if is this going to be an order 1886 years from now are people going to be like you know what we were too harsh on this game up front I, I, I don't think people are being I, again, too harsh on it either right like I think it's getting I like played, mediocre scores. But, yeah, but we uh, give it a seven. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's totally good. fine. But there, there's, there's a lot of people that are just a lot of mixed all over uh, reactions everywhere for this yeah. game. So I'm just curious if maybe you know initial reactions are a little more fiery than they ought to be. So uh, you know, we'll I I, I, um, I legitimately want cozier games this time of year, and like I don't care about March and Resident Evil. Like I'll play Resident Evils all spring. I don't care. Like December feels like a really weird time to play like a super violent horror game. It just feels yeah. weird to me. I mean, it's all cultural, right. right? But like, I just think it's interesting. And like this game, I think it would have done better. And they, I mean, obviously, financially, I don't mean that though. I mean, maybe critically, it would have been received better uh, uh, if it had come out on uh, the spooky season, which starts I mean, in September. I mean, well, yeah, but I don't think it was quite ready. I think it, I think it really yeah, slowed it too yeah, early. I know. I've just, it's, it's a, it's a would be nice, right? <laughs> Right. I just think the my hunch is that. Is yeah, that's true. I think my <laughs> hunch is they needed to get it out it before Dead planet. Space. Um, the 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 dodging mechanic is very strange. It's it's, it's like a punch out style dodge left and right. It and is like not, punch out. I didn't think about that. It's not timing based. It's just if you're holding left when the enemy swings at you, you will dodge left. And so it's like not it's not difficult, but it's just like it's so different from every other game that it's hard to like get used to, especially coming after God of War. I just Every time an enemy swings at me, I tap the L1 button trying to block him. Yeah, yeah. I, or, or roll, right? Like, all, every yeah. game has a roll now. Like, it's just like, if it's a game like this, you're usually rolling out of the way. Like, I don't know what was so bad about that. Seems fine to me. Another thing I think it's missing is, like, there, you know, I, like I said, I'm deep into the game, and there's no explanation as to what is going on. Whereas, like, hmm. like Resident Evil oh, and even Dead Space, okay. as you explore these environments and you you combat enemies yeah. and do some puzzle solving, you start learning clues about the mystery. Yeah, you're like, this doctor is up to no good. Yeah. And there's been a spooky mansion. Now I'm connecting the dots. There's been nothing of that for as far as I am. But into the there game. is a doctor in the beginning of the game. Yes, there is a doctor. And then that's it, huh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's no and quick, it, which I think is uh, frustrating, especially in a game like this. I think any like game like this now, where the camera is really close up behind your back and you move kind of slowly, mm -hmm. it needs to have a quick turnaround. I beat God of War, and in it, I've realized there was a quick turnaround. I remember them mentioning this <laughs> early on, and I only used it once by accident. <laughs> <laughs> it also doesn't have a map, and which is it sounds str yeah. strange until you realize this game doesn't really need it because you're just yeah. walking. It's not like a big branching area to explore. You just walk to the next little, little checkpoint. Yep. Even Dead Just Space like, had a map system. 
Yeah, yeah. And the new Dead Space has a lot more backtracking and it has like you can go from the start of the ship to the end of the ship like all freely, which is like a little change they're making. But yeah, yeah this is totally uh, it, it's like House of the Dead or something, right? It's like a, a on rails horror game. Um, but there are things I like. Uh, I like um, I like the 3D printing to upgrade your weapons and gear. It, there's a really cool little animation and nice sound effects uh, that go along with it. Overall, I think the audio design and the music are very good. I like that there's these acid-spitting enemies, and mm. their acid will just cause other enemies to explode. So you can lead other enemies to walk in front of the acid spitters, and that's a good way to take care of them. The game and has then, good uh, lighting. Did you notice that? It just has like this good, good ambient lighting. It just looks. Oh yeah, cool. it's a, it's a very pretty game. Especially you go outside into a blizzard at one point, and it's a very one of the maybe one of the best looking blizzards in a video game. Oh, that's neat. I can't wait for yeah. that. And then you get a visor when you go outside, and when you attack enemies out there, there's this great blood spatter that gets on your uh, <laughs> visor, and it it wipes away over time. So. Remember how the best parts of Doom were when you go outside and you're like, wow, this is cool. I'm outside. <laughs> There's like a little mountainscape in the background, like battle zone. So, so anyway, Callisto Protocol, I like it enough to keep playing. A little bit disappointed, uh, especially considering the pedigree and how much I like the original Dead Space. Justin, I know, I know you don't like scary games. Has this convinced you to play it or not <laughs> play it? <laughs> no, um, I do think that Callisto Protocol is it, visually looks like one of the best looking games maybe ever. Like I'm so impressed with just like the sweat on the character models. And it seems like there's like volumetric fog and like lighting effects on them and the amount of like kind of unique assets that seem to be in each room. And you mentioned the game doesn't need a map. And I think part of the reason it doesn't need a map having not played it, but just like watching a lot of footage and stuff is it feels like you're in all these distinct places and areas. It's not like one corridor and generic room after the other. Um, and maybe that's just how they're selectively choosing what kind of footage to show off in trailers and stuff. But I just, I'm so impressed with the game visually. Um, but, um, but no, I will, <laughs> I'm not interested in playing it. Yeah, it is very pretty. I'm playing on PS5 and I haven't had any technical issues myself. I'm on PS5 as well. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, let's get into the best reveals from the Game Awards last night. Uh, it was another, even though it was promised to be the shortest Game Awards ever, it was another very, very long show. <laughs> and there were lots of games to see. Um, I have my own personal list, but maybe before we get into it, Nick, why don't we start with you? What was, what was your, your, your one standout from last night? 
Man, that, that's I feel like it's such a basic answer, but it has to be Death Stranding two, or I'm sorry, DS two working title. DS two. That's interesting. I thought you were going to say Final Fantasy sixteen. Well, that's a known quantity, right? Like that's yeah. a thing that I already the the benchmark's already there. Like the flag's been planted, and I'm, I can't wait for next summer. But that <clears throat> DS two was a game I suspected was going to get shown at uh at, at uh the Game Awards just because mm-hmm. uh, I follow. Uh, Kojima on Instagram and all his social feeds <laughs> and just all the teases leading up to it. I he posted cute pictures of him in trailers, clearly in LA. He got an In and Out burger. I'm like, dude's gonna show up and announce DS2 at the Game Awards, and I'm and I'm very excited. I was initially not a fan of the original Death Stranding on my first completion, and then I replayed it again during the pandemic and really fell in love with it. And uh, that's so yeah, now- weird, Nick. You're like I didn't like this game. I'm gonna play it again. I love this game. <laughs> there's there's things that sometimes I, there's like an inkling again. I was like I should give it another shot, and and I really <laughs> fell in love with the world of it. And uh, I'm excited because it seems like it, it's leaning more into uh, the world of Death Stranding a lot more. And I have some theories about what the sequel could be about, but uh, nevertheless, I'm I'm very excited for. Well, I was surprised about this because I thought I thought there'd been lots of teases and leaks about something different that Kojima was working on, some kind of a Same. horror game. And yeah, so there were some Death Stranding related ones, but like I just thought he was working on a completely different game. And also, I was like, well, they probably won't if they greenlight a Death Stranding two. It'll be a while, hmm. you know. Right. And like maybe to be working on something else. Like, is this is what he's been? Wor- I mean, he mentioned the other things he's working on, and this sounds like it's the most furthest along, which is crazy. Yeah, also, I, a PlayStation I, I, exclusive, which is crazy. Right. And I am curious too, like if the horror thing is, he said he was working on at least one other original game, or at least his producer said that. So um, I'm curious to see maybe that's the horror game. I know that there was a lot of speculation that, uh, you know, the, the Death Stranding subreddit was losing its mind thinking that we were going to get the story from Mama's point of view uh, mm-hmm. in a prequel story called Overdose. Uh, but who knows at this point? But nevertheless, this looks like a definitive sequel. To mm-hmm. Death Stranding. Yeah. Sam, you are a known Death Stranding fan. Are you excited about the sequel? Yeah, it's Kojima's best game. I'm super excited for it. Cool. <laughs> well, I mean, name a better one. Seriously. Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. It's Metal Gear Solid the greatest 5? games of all time. I do like Metal Gear Solid 5 a lot. But I've played Metal and- Gear Solid. That game is unplayable now. Compare that to Mario 64. I'm calling the cops. Wait, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid or Phantom Pain? <laughs> Metal Gear Solid. I love Phantom Pain. Okay. Yeah, it's a good game. No, but I think but this, I... Is, this is the best, like, mo- most fun, accessible, cool uh, Kojima game. And, like, it doesn't have, like, it has a bunch of BS, but you can just play the game without it. And then it gets, I love the evolution of travel in it. And that was something that also. Uh, I like in a lot of games. It was the good part of Horizon Forbidden West is the evolution of how you travel in that game, although it was really late in that game. In this game, I, I think it, it was a, a, that's like a really neat part of now like new open world games. And so I'm really looking forward to how that's handled. And then the, you know, I, I, th- this game has a lot of like, you know, um, uh, just like backstory and talking and all this stuff. And this is like, I, I didn't skip the cutscenes in it, but like I could have because I just really liked playing it. And then I played it at a time where, you know, there was a lot of people like building the infrastructure of the world and I was recognizing people out in it and it was really fun. Um, I just, I just, I liked everything about it. And I, I think I, and I liked the boss fights a lot too. Uh, and I was seeing kind of, those kind of stand out in this like very Metal Gear looking ones, right? Mm-hmm. So I just think it's going to be great. I, 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 I can't wait for it. Was that also the standout for you from the awards then, Sam? 100%. Cool. I mean, I love the trailer. Like, I, I think I think Kojima's gone completely off the rails as of probably Metal Gear Solid 4. Like, I think the games are gobbledygook and impossible to follow and understand. Um, That's true. But, but like, I'm so... I that about them. Yeah, I mean, he makes these, you know, 12-minute long trailers, and I'm just completely enamored with, like, every single second of it. Like, the, and, like, this one was not 12 minutes, but it was still, like, four or five minutes, and it's just, like, it's really enthralling from, like, the moment go, right? Like, just the character work and the camera angles. Like, you know, people have been saying this for years. This isn't, like, an original observation on my part, but, like, Kojima, like, he should be a filmmaker. Like, it's... I just... 
I don't know. Like I, I always like the sort of build up to these games more than the actual execution and the finished product. So I, I think, go ahead, Nick. I, I think he's a, a like a director who understands theme in the way that a lot of games don't really care about theme. And as heavy handed as they are, I think all of these trailers do have a central theme or thing they are trying to showcase. And the trailers are cut and edited in a way that kind of exemplify. They build on a tease. They drop little secrets here and there for people to obsess over. But of course, ultimately, when you look back at the trailer after having completed the game, they basically give you the context. Like you, you, you learn everything about the game from the trailer once you revisit it. So same same thing with like the original Phantom Pain trailer. Once you've completed that game and you rewatch the original trailer, it's just staring you right in the face the entire time. So the fact that it is so carefully curated, it feels like a lot more meaty than compared to other shows because there's so much more to latch onto and to chew on. That's fun. So there's this uh, there's this uh, long time rock and roll artist named Billy Childish. He's been in bands like the Head Coats and the Mighty Caesars and like always oh, underground artist. But he he's been putting out these Bob Dylan cover records and he has this manifesto on it and it says the things that people like about Bob Dylan are the things that are crappy about Bob Dylan and the things that people don't like about Bob Dylan are the things that are cool about him. And they're making kind of like you'd have to listen to the records to uh, to understand. But it's kind of like. The people are always like, oh, Bob Dylan, you know, he's good, but he's like, when he, you know, when he electric, he, they didn't like his kind of gruff vocals, um, you know, or his bad vocal. People are like, he's a bad singer, but he's not. He's like a really fun singer, like a rock and roll singer. So that's how I feel about Kojima. The things that people don't like about Ko- Kojima and Death Stranding are what I like about it. And the things that, 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 that Kojima, that people like about Kojima, I think are stupid. I don't, I think he's terrible at theme. I think he's really bad at story. I think he's an awful lot to <laughs> Like it's just so childish and bad. But I love the game. Like, it's just, it's really fun to play. And I loved walking around with a backpack on and figuring out how I was going to get up and over a mountain. Like, that is cool gameplay. For me, I think it's really fun. And like everything else, I don't care about. And what's interesting about this trailer is that we saw, like, what was it, three years of like things floating in the sky and like whales on the shore, like, and Guillermo del Toro running with a baby and like, None of that is in the game. None of it. It's like barely in the ending. And it's like, who cares about all that? And this one cuts to the chase. It's like the baby's turning into a weird horror thing and there's action and a giant mech. I'm like, oh, those are probably all things that are actually going to be in this game, which makes me happy. That's my, that's my lecture now. on Kojima. Cool. <clears throat> so Justin, what was your highlight from the evening? I have a couple. I mean, Hades 2 is the one that like just the gut check of like that was the hype moment for me of like, oh, shit, like, oh, like, you know, and it was, you know, super giant to their credit. I don't think they've ever done a sequel, just like string after string of original game. But like so and you can't even they had huge hits before, like Bastion was a huge hit. Basically, almost all their games except for Pyre were huge hits. So you can't even. Yeah, yeah, Pyre's great. You can't even accuse them of like, oh, going back to the well. Like, it's clearly um, the decision to make a sequel feels creatively driven and not driven by like, you know, business or industry needs. Um, I just, I don't know, can't wait. You know, Hades was probably a perfect video game. Like, it perfected the roguelike structure and figured out, uh, not that they're the only game on earth to ever do this, but really figured out and perfected how to tell a story. Uh, uh, that has, you know, propulsive sort of forward momentum in a roguelike structure. And, um, you know, there's nothing um, wrong with Hades that like, oh, I hope they fix this in the sequel. But it also didn't feel like, like, it feels like that's an idea that can be pushed even further. Um, and so, you know, I just, I couldn't be more excited about about Hades too. Yeah, that goes into early access next year. Um, they, they, the actual game, Description officially is it's rooted in the underworld of Greek myth and its deep connections to the dawn of witchcraft. So maybe there's going to be a higher um, emphasis on magic use. Cool. This is the most um, popular game with our audience uh, coming out of the game awards. Yeah, using our internal man. tools. People love the original Hades. That <clears throat> was another highlight for me. What was the other one for you, Justin? Oh, I, like surprisingly, surprising even me, like I actually I really, really love the clip of the Mario movie. Um, yeah. I think I'm like, I think like I've been like not on the fence, like I have kids. So I'm like, yeah, OK, I'm into it. But like after this clip, 
you know, I still, I still don't like the Chris Pratt Mario voice. Like I just, you know, I just don't, but like, I'm not going to let that ruin the movie for me. Like there's so many cute nods and so many cute and like all the music from the classic Mario games being remixed into a film score. And like, if you freeze frame, like, I don't know if we did or are planning to do a rewind of that, but like every single frame of this was made with so much care and attention and like reference and attention to detail. And I just like, this is the clip that I'm like, okay, like I'm, I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fully on board now. Yeah. They walk past an antique store and everything is eight bit pixel art. I know. It's great. The one negative thing about this is that I just want it to be a damn video game. Yeah, I know, maybe it I is. Know. I want to play a game I, that looks like this. I want like to spend this. 60 hours here, not two, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it looks yeah. great. Like, it looks so good. I can't wait to do this just for 90 minutes. I know. I'm, um, I agree. I, I, yeah, everything looks great. I'm actually worried that they're showing too much. Like, I, I don't yeah. want to see anything else until April now. Look at that background. That's just what Justin's saying. It's just so cool. Okay, some other, other I have another oh, highlight that I have a question about, Damon. Okay, go for it. Uh, or I don't. Well, it, it maybe somebody else here played Dead Cells, but I know Damon did. That's just, so this is what I was just going to bring up. What the heck is up with this Castlevania Dead Cells game? Can I just play Dead a Castlevania Cells? game, or do I have to play Dead Cells? It's Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. It's DLC for Dead Cells, which cool. is uh, a perfect game, in my opinion. An eleven out of ten off the charts. <laughs> amazing, <laughs> amazing game. And then so it, there's been many expansions for it. Sam that sort of just build out the world and they add new biomes or levels, new enemies, new weapons and all that stuff. So now it's adding Castlevania stuff to it. Richter and Alucard will fight alongside you. Uh, the castle, a version of Dracula's castle will be a new area for you to explore. Cool. Dracula and death are, are bosses themselves. So it's just going to be, it's going to be like come, you know, added into what dead cells already is. Okay. You probably won't be able, like, if you were just to fire up a new save or new file of Dead Cells when this is out, you probably wouldn't be able to access it right away. Dead Cells is a very big, very complex game, and there's like uh, secret ways to access different biomes. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that here. I mean, when when they made all those Silent Hill announcements, when Konami did, like we remarked on this show, like you know, Konami as a company, as a game developer, is kind of a shadow of its former self. But they picked. Yeah they picked the exact right partners for every single silent hill product that like whoever was in charge of like that mm-hmm. deal making knew like they know what they're doing right like this developer should be making this kind of game let's seek out and work with this kind of partner and i feel i feel exactly the same about the stead cells yep. partnership mm-hmm. like it's just it's perfect it's a perfect integration a match made in well hell maybe you'd say that here oh. ah. um uh yeah and they also picked digital eclipse to do the cowbunga collection Earlier right. this year, too. Yeah. You know who should make a new 2D Castlevania? Those Metroid people. <clears throat> I mean, those Metroid Mercury people. Mercury Steam? It's, it's a joke because they made Castlevania games before. Ah, okay. Oh. Metro games. <laughs> but they weren't good. And like I, maybe they were okay, but I want a 2D you know, Castlevania uh, games all the time. Yeah. They say this is the biggest Dead Cells DLC yet. It includes two levels, three bosses, and a new storyline. Unlock 14 iconic weapons such as a vampire killer, throwing axe, and holy water to decimate Dracula's bestiary of monsters. Finally, the Dark Lord himself. Each item has been translated into the fast-paced combat of dead cells while keeping their original essence. They're adding secret rooms, flame-lit corridors, gloomy tombs, beautiful paintings, food hidden in the walls, full of original <laughs> monsters from the series such as harpies, werewolves, and haunted armors. The character of the iconic castle would transport you into the realms of gothic fantasy. Then 51 of the original Castlevania tunes can be heard across the entire game. And and then they've taken the 12 most iconic tracks, such as Vampire Killer, Bloody Tears, and Simon Belmont's theme, and reimagined them them in the style of Dead Cells soundtrack. That's awesome. God, I'm so excited for this. Damon, Uh, you mentioned mentioned there were several Dead Cells DLCs. I'm I'm looking at it right now. There were three, like, pretty big expansion packs. I... Mm -hmm somehow missed i didn't know any of this happened like, and then they added all these like other playable characters yeah. from other indie games too like uh shovel knight is in there and i didn't i didn't know any of that like i like that so why didn't you tell me sorry yeah they've they just been like, the spire one yeah they got <laughs> the spire in there too yeah they've just been like over the years just building and building and building out onto this game and a lot of it has Man. been free i mean i maybe i need to like i have it on switch maybe i need to like get the steam version and get all caught up hmm. Yeah, I definitely like played and beat the game when it first came out, but it, clearly I need to revisit it now that all this stuff yeah. is like added to the game. This this rules. Yeah, I didn't know I didn't know any of this existed. 
Terraria, that's great. It's mm-hmm. such Dead Cells is so good. In my top 20, maybe even higher than that. Maybe it's like a top 15, top 10 game oh. for me. So good. Another game I really liked last night that maybe Justin uh, might have caught Justin's eye was Viewfinder. Yeah, it looks really cool. That looks really cool. That was not on my radar. I don't, I don't think it was announced last night, but it was shown off. And that's like, it's a first person adventure game, maybe with um, some shades of uh, The Witness. But it's a game where you Super have like a. Puzzly, right? Yeah, it's a puzzle. Puzzle game where you have a you have like an instant yeah. camera and you can take snapshots of the world and then place the photos in the world to allow you to traverse. So mind bending. Yeah, it look, yeah, and, it's, and it looks really cool. It has like different art styles integrated into it, and some of them are like pixel art, but you move out and around in a three D space. Looks awesome. Jeez, I mean, it looks like like how could it be as free as it looks here? Yeah. Like it has to be limiting yeah. you in some way. <laughs> but like it looks. Like, so look at this! Cool. I love that. And then there's this like pixel <laughs> corridor from Windows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it looks awesome. I don't know what the name of this genre of like first-person puzzle game that messes with your perspective, but like there's four or five or six of them, and you know they're all varying degrees of of great. You know, um, so super yeah, liminal I mean, was the one yeah, that super, comes to mind. Mm, yep, super liminal is the other big one besides the witness. Um, yeah, it looks awesome. Everybody should watch the trailer. Like it's hard to yeah. hard to describe yeah if you're just listening to the show and you haven't watched the trailer check out the trailer for viewfinder it's coming to uh steam and playstation 5 no uh, xbox version announced for that one as of yet and then we got another look at replaced a game that's uh, been on my radar since it was announced unfortunately there's still no release date <laughs> this one was actually pushed back because of the ongoing conflict in ukraine it was supposed to be out this year but we got a new trailer and I don't know, Sam, if, did you, you catch this one? This has like some of the best looking and most detailed pixel art I've ever seen. Yes, it looks good. Although it looks, you know, I mean, there's a lot of pixel art games out now. Well, yeah, but I mean, that, that's, not, that's not an issue for me. No. <laughs> but I would understand. <laughs> I understand if maybe uh, some people are sick of. There's also the, um, the, the game from the Celeste creator. What was that one called? But, um, yeah, Earthblade. I know what you mean. Earth, what was it called? Earth Song. Earthblade. 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 Yeah. yeah, I'm very excited for Earthblade. It's yeah. great. So as we saw here, this one replaces from Sad Cat Studios, <clears throat> and Viewfinder is from Sad Owl. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why there's all these sad animals making games these days. Anyway, yeah, replaced just... is a two and a half D sci-fi retro futuristic action platformer where you play as an artificial intelligence trapped in a human body against its will, mm-hmm. and it combines cinematic platforming of, of games like Inside and Limbo. Also, there's a heavier emphasis on combat here. They call it a free-flowing combat system set in an alternative 1980s. They're really just checking all the gaming check. (laughs) This one right here is really eye-catching because it's kind of like, it's a really good example of like a a 3D rendered character that's being painted with like a kind of a pixel overlay that like looks really unique and cool. I mean, it is what like Octopath Traveler and stuff is doing now where it's like these lens effects with, pixels like it's just cool like it, everything yeah. about that is cool I, i'm looking for kind of the right game to match that i don't know if this is it for me but we'll see i'm sure it's not just straight pixel art i'm, I'm sure it's like computer assisted in some way but yeah that's yeah i mean i, I think, think it looks awesome. i think it's probably in a 3d it's in a it's in a 3d engine it's just like has a cool effect over it i think it's just really well done yeah and then we finally got to see what uh ken levine has been up to and i after all this time, it turns out it's just kind of another game that looks a lot like Bioshock, right? It looks so much like Bioshock, <laughs> yeah. which like that that's okay. Like yeah, I, it's okay. It's it's very close though. <laughs> like so, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about that. Like Ken Levine is a really, really talented, you know, he's one of the all-time greats for a reason, right? Like, so I don't think it had to issue this closely to bioshock but like even to the point of like a weapon in one hand and like a power in the other hand and like the lightning power like electrocuting the water it's like it's been a long time since i've played a game like that so it's like okay okay fine like i'm down like let's go like i'm not saying i don't like it or don't want it but um if you told me that this was bioshock 3 you know i'd be like okay yeah of course it is yeah it's called judas um and i i guess i was surprised because you know after Bioshock Infinite, which I think was 2013. So, I mean, almost 10 years ago now. Irrational Games closed, and then he started up a new smaller studio, what, Ghost Story? Is that right? That's Ghost right? Story, mm-hmm. yeah. And I thought he was like, you know, after he's pivoting away from big, giant AAA games and was going to work on something smaller with a smaller team, right? But of course, it's been a long time, so maybe there were like, this is just my, my guess, maybe there were issues, they were running... 
into all these hurdles. And so he just went back to the drawing board and just did, <laughs> went back to what he's known for making another Bioshock. I like these vector and graphics there, at the end. And there is also currently another Bioshock in active development. If from Well, yeah, from, yeah, there is at, at 2k, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So curious to see, you know, is this going to be another Callisto dead space situation? Who yeah. knows? But, uh, it, it looks exciting. It looks fun. Uh, Judas, a lot of implications with the name Judas, uh, yeah. the conceit from the game, at least according to the VO, it sounds like maybe you have to like partner up or choose one of these main bad guys to win over. I don't know. It, but uh, I'm, I'm intrigued and the art direction is pretty cool. It's yeah, kind we, of like we, a Deathloop style of like mm-hmm. art where it's like, it's kind of like swinging 60s sci-fi. Like I'm, I'm really interested in, in seeing Agreed. more of it. I also like love the parallels between this and a game like Callisto where it's like, I'm going to make my own game. And then they just make the, 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 the auteur yeah. makes a game that's just like, you know, I mean, I guess it's like Kojima too, right? It's like they take yeah. their toys and go home and they build a team. And then like the, 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 the it's not an indie game. It's like this big polished thing. I'm just mm-hmm. happy that people can do that with small teams and kind of maybe maintain their um, creative direction. I, I think that's neat. I don't know if it'll, it'll work for this. Agreed. It's neat. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much of uh, this made it into Judas, but you can find, I don't, I don't remember if it's a GDC talk or an interview, but from years ago that Ken Levine gave, mm. where he talked about the game concepts that he was exploring. And it was all about like, sort of like procedural relationships between different people. And if your friends are enemies with this person, then that impacts, oh, you know, this other group and how they're aligned to you and sort of like this stuff that we've seen in games for a long time, but kind of trying to take that to another level. And, you know, I'm only like half remembering this discussion, so maybe I shouldn't have brought it up, but like, I, I, I want to go line with the VO from the trailer. Yeah, so I do want to go back and read that interview and see if that vibes with the trailer that we just watched because, you know, because things can also change over the years and, and who knows how much of that made its way into Judas. But um, but it's always intriguing context to go back and see what was in someone's brain, you know, years before a game came out. Mm-hmm. Sam, how are you feeling about Star Wars Jedi Survivor? I'm so excited for it. I hope I hope it kind of... Um, I talk about this a lot with... Um, we, we, you know... We're, 15 people watching the game awards together and they're doing the pre and post show yesterday in the San Francisco office. It was a, it was a good time. And uh, just, we had a large group discussion about like how, what type of open worlds work and like, you know, is this going to be more like Metroid prime three, which with the last one was, which has like smaller planets and you kind of go around to them. They, they still felt pretty big, but like, I, I kind of hope this one kind of like with the, with the crash ship and stuff, this is um cat. Bailey's theory, I think it might stick in one place a lot more, which I think would be cool. Um, I just think that'd be neat. I like, I, I like the, you know, the SR388 version of Metroid more than the multi-planet one, I guess. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I it's, these games are, it's like, you, you can't mess this formula up for me. I think it, it's just going to be a lot of fun. Well, response says, yeah, it looks really good. Response says, with larger areas to explore and more to discover off the beaten path, players who adventure beyond the horizon will find hidden rewards. Love that stuff, right? Like that's, that's the reason I play games. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah, right. I'm because of the, uh, it looks like there's potentially like new play styles, which is my biggest criticism of the original game, yeah. where like you can get a lot of different customizability stuff, but it was all cosmetic and didn't really alter the gameplay at all but it looks like now they're really uh, again this is speculation based on the trailer but you get the hilted lightsaber which looks like more of like a claymore and a lot more power driven with the gameplay you have the dual lightsabers now that actually look like they have their own fight mechanics and play style with uh so i'm just excited to see them leaning more into the jedi knight jedi outcast era of like yeah, you have a lightsaber, lightsaber. Let's make this a wild power fantasy and have fun. Do the things that you imagine you could do with a lightsaber as a child, and let's see that in a game. Mm-hmm. Two questions. Do you start the game with all the Force powers from the first one, or will they figure out a way to take them away? Oh, they'll totally mm. take them away. The, ab- the, abil- the abilities. <laughs> you see how they're adding the, uh, the blaster um, freeze that yeah. they had from Force Awakens, which I think is cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah I and think they always have to... T- I mean, they didn't even talk about it in God of War, and they did it. <laughs> they don't even explain yeah. it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, it, yeah. I, I think the, the only game I can think of that like starts you just as powerful and only piles on more and more and more were the Batman Arkham games. 
Mm-hmm. Like they didn't they didn't depower Batman. It's like, nah, you got all your stuff from the start, and we're just mm-hmm. gonna give you double the stuff this time around. And then, um, and then does Darth Vader show up again in Jedi Survivor? This is this is that question is at the heart of the problem I have with this game. And it's not it's not the game's fault at all. But I just think I think Star Wars lore is so tortured at this point of like it just it just ruins it. Like in this era where there's supposed to be no Jedi, it turns out there's just hella Jedi all over the place. Like oh, Ahsoka yeah. is out there somewhere in the time frame. Like Cal Kestis is out there somewhere doing a thing. Like like unless he dies, which you know sucks. Mm-hmm. Like he is alive when Luke Skywalker is alive. Like yeah. why didn't he help? That's like like <laughs> at, like and like and like I'm sure like maybe they're gonna make at the end of the trilogy he's gonna ride off and something else. Like there's some answer to that question, but. You know, it just and and again, like it's a total nitpick because like, what are they supposed to do? The lore is the lore and it's all canon. So they're they're bound by this. So it's it's a little bit unfair to bring it up, but it just it really does bug me. Um, And like, it's not going to stop me from enjoying the incredible gameplay and exploring the worlds. But um, but, you know, narratively, it's hard for me to get invested. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, like, no, it's also really powerful. (laughs) She's like, just a kick-ass Jedi. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it's like there's a, in Star Wars because everything is equally canonical now. Like the books, the comics, the movies. There's not like tiers of canon. It's just one big story. That means this dude, like he messes up hundreds and hundreds of stormtroopers, and Darth Vader knows he exists. Yeah. And like, I just don't like that. Yeah. At the time <laughs> of this, like, like Darth Vader's like sole purpose would be to hunt this dude down, right? Yeah. Also, the uh, biggest pet peeve I have about Star Wars is the uh, throwing a, a monster from like this guy looks great by the way this weird Uniceratops thing, but like they just like put a Wampa in there. And you're like, there's no reason a Wampa, <laughs> which evolved in the icy you know plains of Hoth, should be on this planet, but like not an ice Wampa. Like, screw that! Like, come on, just make a different monster. Just make well, a different monster. It was smuggled aboard a ship, you see. Yeah, and, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Poachers. George Lucas made like like fifty monsters out of a really really stupid set of costumes for a bar. <laughs> like you can invent a monster for your video game. Yeah. That they did this in um what was the Force Unleashed? There's like Rancors yeah. as boss fights all like all the time. Like, yeah. Why yeah. am I fighting Rancors over and over again? <laughs> Jedi Survivor out March sixteenth. That's gonna be a very busy month with Resident Evil Four in there too. And then in April, Sam, will you want to revisit Horizon Forbidden West in April, more than a year after release? I think they finally found a month in which there's not a bunch of AAA games coming out at the same time. As- <laughs> yeah, I think there's just Dead Rising 2 that month. Yeah, there's a million games in March, May, and June. Now. Horizon, Horizon Burning Shores is out in April. It sees Aloy pursue a sinister threat in the untamed wilds of Los Angeles, now a treacherous volcanic Archipelago, 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 right? Yeah. Um, it's an overgrown and fractured city that can be fully explored via the water and flying on the back of a Sunwing. And it's going to be a PS5 only. They no spoiled the Sunwing. Yeah. Well, is it time? I like, I like how in um in the in the original Horizon, I mean, it wasn't that big of a secret, but they they sort of played up the tease of like, you know, is this in the United States? Is this even on Earth? Is it an alternate? Like, what's going on? Then there's kind of a reveal. I think when you got to like Red Rocks, like, oh, this game takes place in Colorado, right? <laughs> now, now for the sequel, just like splayed all over the trailers, like the Hollywood side, and a, clearly a big boss fight takes place there. Like they're not, you know, they're not pussyfooting around that anymore. You think this will be a paid DLC? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, yes. There is such a thing as free stuff. Well, yeah. well, like the original Horizon had, what is it, the Frozen Wild? So That's this right. feels That's like right. the <laughs> same exact style of expansion, but literally yeah. the exact same thing yeah. instead of Frozen. What, what's the opposite of Frozen? Burning. Yeah. Mm. All right, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be paid. It'll have a map and it'll have like, it'll it'll feel like a, a, a third is added to Horizon. And that game's long already yeah. so yeah. I, I believe the original expansion was what like 29.99 or it might be 19.99 and it was a mm. pretty meaty expansion like it was at least eight out eight to 12 hours of gameplay well maybe this means that we're finally in the era of playstation 5 only games from sony hopefully 
There is a couple of games announced. We'll, we'll talk about this on Next Gen Console Watch at some point. But last night, which was just like straight up, you know, only for Next Gen, which is cool. But there's there is I saw PS4 logos all night too, which is just not what I expect in December 2022. And then uh, Idris Elba revealed for Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. Yeah, big, so cool. Stunt Wait. casting for CD Projekt. Mm-hmm. Super cool. He plays a character called Solomon Reed, a veteran new United States of America agent who the studio has teased is apparently the only person <laughs> players can trust to help them fulfill an impossible mission of espionage and survival. <laughs> and as a but, cyberpunk aside, dude, Justin, you were so right about Edge Runners on oh, Netflix. It's so good. It's so good. It's like it's awesome. the best anime I've watched in maybe a decade. Terrific. Which I, I, I don't watch a ton to begin with, but like it's just it's just such a great show you watched it Nick? um yeah i'm as someone who watches a lot of anime i would say cyberpunk edge runners is top tier it's so good we by the way that blurb means you 100 percent can't trust this dude right if the, if, <laughs> yeah, the, if, yeah. the, if the apparently if the only players can trust well like for <laughs> for people who like um like the cyberpunk world and lore like i kind of expected that he might be like morgan uh what's his name um black hand black hand mm-hmm. and yep. apparently mike pondsmith the creator of the cyberpunk universe said morgan black hand is not in this game he's not in this game at all but i feel like that's like can we trust you <laughs> so like There's, for people who are excited yeah. about the lore that is a potential in for that uh, notable character who is not in cyberpunk there's this weird, I didn't know this. I got, so I came at it backwards, right? I love the game so much that I went back and started reading up on the lore of the tabletop game. So I'm, you know, I'm far from an expert. Like I'm coming at it from the perspective of a video game fan. But the more I read, like Morgan Blackhand was like the star and central character. He's like the main character of the cyberpunk lore. And like now knowing that context and playing 2077, his absence is so, um, is giant hole in the game and like you know johnny silverhand was not you know a sort of this like side character that was pumped up and like made into the main character of the game um and i just find that really fascinating it's like you, you know what like i think i think he's probably being withheld for the for the sequel or hmm. there's some reveal or like there's there's lore implications there that I find really intriguing and interesting about like, where is Morgan Blackhand? Is he alive? Is he dead? What is he up to? What does he look like? You know, all that stuff is really, I'm fascinated to learn more. And, you know, and you miss like, you know, if you don't care to read into that, like you can just play 2077 like I did, just ignorant of all of that. But like going back and learning that has been really interesting to me. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, like there are, there is speculation that maybe that is Idris Elba's character sort of secretly. I, I, personally don't think so but nick i've seen i've seen other people wonder the same thing i like they got more uh, keanu lines back in there too so i guess they're still working yeah they announced he was he came back and recorded new stuff that's cool mm-hmm. i just hope we get this like obviously keanu is exists within the mind of the main character but it just seems like a shame to not be able to have both of those two like be able to act off of each other and have like a back and forth dialogue. So I hope that happens in some way, shape, or form because otherwise it feels like wasted potential. Mm. Yeah. And finally, uh, Final Fantasy 16 got a release date June 22nd. June is also going to be a huge, huge month uh, next year. Let's go. Sam, Sam uh, is Diablo. Nick, I don't really know what to make of this game. When it was first revealed, I was like, okay, this looks cool. A little bit more darker mm-hmm. medieval take on Final <laughs> Fantasy than it's been in, in a while. But like, I, I, haven't, I feel like we haven't like, gotten a good look at what the game's actually going to be. Like. Damon, from what, I, from, from what I know of you, I feel like you're going to be a big fan because it looks like a kaiju game. It's just what? a straight-up I mean, okay. kaiju game where, where you can become a summon, mm-hmm. where the kaiju mm-hmm. are the different Final Fantasy summons, and you just go head-to-head that, with them. It feels a lot more like um, where Final Fantasy XV really brought the genre or the, the franchise into more of an action RPG. Um, mm-hmm. This feels more like, what if we added a little bit of a fighting game into our action RPG? And it feels like you really feel that with um, from what we've seen of like the just the battles. It feels like a lot more complex, uh, kind of elevating what they learned with Final Fantasy VII Remake and just making it a lot more bombastic and a lot more intimate with the way it handles its combat um, from your uh, normal human form to your giant summon kaiju battles. Like I- I'm just excited to see how... Uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, epic 
the scope mm-hmm. of this game is because it really feels uh, epic and grand in a way Final Fantasy hasn't in a really long time. Mm. Justin, I know you really liked 15. Mm-hmm. 16, is 16 doing it for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it looks great. I agree with you, Damon. Like, I, I like, look, the game looks gorgeous. It looks beautiful. I'm always down for a big AAA, quadruple A RPG. So, like, yes, please. But the trailer was sort of like, I had a hard time. Like, it's the exact opposite of the Death Stranding trailer, where like I'm hanging on every single second. Where this was just blasting me with sound and images, and I'm like, I'm having a hard time, like, like getting my arms around what this game actually is. Um, I play this game. What's it going to look like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think some of that's probably deliberate. Like we're probably like it's not a it's not a gameplay trailer, right? Like we're probably going to get like de- gameplay deep dives and stuff next year. But um, you know, yeah. I mean, I I don't. That's there's been almost no bad mainline Final Final Fantasy games ever, in my opinion. Um, you know, so so yeah, let's go. But I just I kind of want to know more. Yeah, and based on what I know of like uh, the the producer Naoki Yoshida, and I played a lot of fourteen. I'm still like one expansion behind, but don't hold that against me on Final Fantasy fourteen. But it, he does lean more towards the politics of the world, the government, and the different factions, warring tribes, people who like Final Fantasy like the twelve or tactics for the world building, mm-hmm. the world of Ivalis. I feel like they're going to be right at home with uh, any of his games, Naoki Yoshida's games. That Very similar awful. vibes. Um, <laughs> I, I hope, like, after Final Fantasy VII Remake, like, I just think they're going the right direction. And there's, I just expect, I have, I have really high expectations for any mainline Final Fantasy games now. And uh, I can't wait. I think that, uh, that uh, I, there's no way it's coming out in June. So, I mean, <laughs> Final Fantasy, well, one, we'll talk third about that. Of, one third <laughs> of a game that already existed that got a remake couldn't come out on time for, like, six <laughs> years. How are we getting a mainline Final Fantasy that just got announced? It just doesn't make any sense. Well, we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, those are the reveals that really stood out to us. I know there are other big ones like Armored Core Six. I just I've never the only Armored Core I've ever played is a one on a demo disc for the PlayStation One. <laughs> hey, me just, too. I, I just don't have any frame of reference for like what that series yeah, is. Yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah. Those mecha look cool. incredible. That's so. Mm-hmm. Are they still made? Didn't those games used to be made by FromSoft? Is this a FromSoft game? From, it is, it is Miyazaki and FromSoft. So, so yeah, that I mean, Miyazaki you know, back then too. Yep. Yeah. So obviously, obviously, Armored Core has always had this, you know, loyal but small but loyal fan base. But like, I feel like you know now now that company and and Miyazaki is in a different echelon, right? Mm-hmm. So that puts Armored Core in a different category of game than, than, than it ever has been any other time in the past. Now that, uh, you know, it, the studio and the creator made one of the most beloved and um, well-liked games ever it went in Elden Ring. Yep. Yeah. yeah I'll, be, I'll be interesting to see more of it. I don't know what to expect. Okay. Before we jump into 20 questions, uh, let's, let's check in with the listeners real quick. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Brad Bayer in Alpena, Michigan did. It says, can we do another Gamescoop discussion about how following the Game Awards announcements, utter, utterly, utterly bonkers 2023 is going to be for games, possibly the greatest year ever, and E3 is coming back in full this year, too. <clears throat> well, you're right, Brad. A lot of games uh, now have release dates, and it's looking very crowded in the first half of 2023. However, I just want to remind you that everyone said that about 2022 and then mm-hmm. it ended up being kind of a desert year for big AAA <laughs> releases. So I don't know. I'm sure some of these some of these are bound to get delayed just as uh, Sam was pointing out with maybe Final Fantasy 16. But just so set the stage, this is what we know so far. In January, Dead Space, Fire Emblem Engage, and Forspoken. In February, Hogwarts Legacy, Like a Dragon, Ishin, PSVR 2 and all those games, Octopath Traveler 2 and Darkest Dungeon 2. March is Resident Evil 4, Jedi Survivor, Skull and Bones, Bayonetta Origins, Dead Cells, and the Dead Cells Castlevania should be out by then. April is Horizon Burning Shores and Dead Island 2. May is Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and Suicide Squad. And then June is Street Fighter 6, Diablo 4, and Final Fantasy 16. And also, Redfall and Starfield are supposedly somewhere in there. Yes, exactly. So First half? Yeah, I mean, jeez. <laughs> within twelve wow. months of their last presentation, which was last May or whatever. Yeah, that's a lot of games. But as Sam was pointing out, almost assuredly, some of them will be delayed. 
we'll I mean, wait and see. It, so I completely agree, Sam. Like Final Fantasy is a strong candidate to like. Mm, I don't know about that June release date, but but then I like they didn't have to put a release date on their trailer. <laughs> they could have just. That's a good point. I think. I think that one's not getting delayed because they've pretty firmly said summer since last year. And that game has been in development since like 2018, 2019. So I, I have a feeling that one's pretty firm. Same with the re, uh, whatever the second part of the remake is called for Final Fantasy VII. I, I'm planning the flag now. All Final Fantasy games <laughs> hitting their release. Wait, when's, the, when's the remake target? It's supposed to be um, early next year, which I was like, how are you going to make... Early Final Fantasy VII Part Fantasy Two VII. is also coming out early next year. That's what that's what they. And said. your theory is that's both of them are going to be on time. I I think they're both <laughs> going to be on time. Okay, <laughs> that makes for a fun year. You know what's cool is, is having any like a giant JRPG in June is like the coolest thing ever. Like to play all summer. Like that's the. It's just great. I love it. Oh yeah. Lots to look forward to. That brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Shake. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, from an undisclosed location. Let the questioning begin. How are we supposed to know if it's a, if, if, if it's a ZX Spectrum game if we don't know if they're in the UK or not? Um, okay. Uh, did this game come out last century? Yes. Was it made in Japan? Yes. Is it on the PlayStation? PlayStation, you mean, are you mean the PlayStation, PlayStation 1? PlayStation 1, yes. Yes. Ooh. All right, let's get in uh, four. <laughs> uh, it could be Suikoden. That was a PS1 it game. It could be <laughs> Or Suikoden. I think you're ready to answer. <laughs> uh, was this game developed or published by Sony or a Sony studio? No. Is this a JRPG? No, that's five. No, I can't be Suikoden anymore. Does this game have uh, sequels? Yes. When it was released, was this game exclusive to the PS1? Yes. Is this Is it... the first of its name? Yes. Is this a sports, Ooh. fighting, or racing game? No. Got rid of those. So, that's, a, that's a great net to cast. I like that. We have, we we know a lot. We know that it's the it's a franchise starter that was mm -hmm. exclusive to the PS One, uh, made in Japan, but not you know not made by Sony, not made by a first party, um, you know. And then we eliminated RPG and then and then those other genres. So, so it's got to be like an action adventure or a shooter. Yeah, it could be Metal Gear Solid. Although you know. If it's the first of its name, technically, there were previous Metal Gear games. Um, I don't know, something weird like Siphon Filter. Mm. Wasn't that a uh, Sony game? No. Uh, oh, maybe. Yeah, actually, maybe you're right. Do you play um, as a human pictured on screen in this game? Yes, that's 10. So it's not a, like a, you know, like a top down. The, or something like that. A Tomb Raider. Oh, Tomb Raider wasn't made in Japan. Something, um, something like that, then. The human question is interesting because it eliminates, like, I guess a lot of these were Western made, but like Croc yeah, or Crash Bandicoot or yeah. any of those. Uh, does this game have, like, are you, like, shooting guns in this game? Yes. I'm still picturing Siphon Filter, although I think you're right, Nick. I think it was developed by a Sony studio. I'm I'm picturing, I don't know why I can't stop picturing Fear Effect, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean... Could it, could it just be Metal Gear? It could be Metal Gear Solid if Damon considered that the first of its name. I mean, technically the Solid would be the first of its name, right? Well, it's it's a gray area. <laughs> both that and Siphon Filter, like tactical espionage games? Yeah, well, yes, although only Metal Gear brands itself tactical <laughs> espionage action. Um, does this game yeah, involve uh, sneaking? Yes. Ooh, does this is, game... Go ahead. Is the major a woman? No. Okay. <laughs> Not fear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is the main character a solid snake? <laughs> yes. 
Uh, <laughs> is this game Metal Gear Solid? It's Metal Gear Solid. That's 15 yes. questions. Wow. Nicely job. We yeah, asked, have, have we mentioned this game yet on the show? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you're going to ask that. Yeah, I figure it's the first Metal Gear Solid game. So, yeah, it's fine. It accurate. I feel like you would have hesitated on the Metal Gear Solid thing. You would have been like, well... And then you would have decided, but no hesitation. Stone cold. Well done. I mean, I like I'm we won, so we don't need to send this to the commission. But like I think it's like Super Mario Sunshine is the first of its name. There's never been a previous Mario Sunshine game. But if there were like Mario Sunshine two, three, four, and five, it might be yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, I agree. But like I, I don't know. I just like Metal Gear Solid is a sequel to Metal Gear One and Two, in my opinion. You, if you started running out of questions, you were in trouble. I would have figured out a yeah. way to help you. Yeah. No, <laughs> we were we were we were we were hot on the trail right from the start. Nicely job. Thank you for the suggestion, Shake. Viewers and listeners, if you have your own uh, suggestions for video game 20 questions, email them to me at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com. And that is all the scoops for you this week. We'll be back next week, a very special episode. It's the Damie Awards. Ooh. The, oh, no. real, the, the real game awards the damey awards <laughs> please be excited for that thank you sam thank you justin thank you nick thank you red we're working behind the scenes to make this episode possible my name is damon this is ign games we're out The Damie Awards are they're the only video game awards. The yeah. only video game awards. That's exciting. That's that time of year. You gotta already. come up with a fun I guess the Damies are the fun nickname, but I always call yes. the game awards key three. But what, what's your three. what's your key three? What what D three? Oh, <laughs> I would I have I have thought it would be great to just find someone, even some indie developer, to give like 
like <laughs> share some sort of a real reveal on the Damien Awards so I can have a world premiere. <laughs> <laughs> you, let's see what you got to do now is you got to print out a giant sticker that you can throw it <laughs> throw on a booth at E3 and then be like yeah. the winner of a Damien Award. <laughs> Let me find. I've played. I've played like 120 hours of Factorio now. I'll reach out to, to those developers. I guess it's not a Damie game. That would be a Justy game. But like something that has like something that has like Game Scoop bona fides. I think would be nice. Yeah. Did you finish God of War, Justin? I know Sam did. Uh, yes. It's great. We'll talk about that next. It's, in- it's incredible. All right. All right thanks, everyone. Thanks, See ya. Bye. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.